Hello and welcome to Two Dudes in a Pod. This is Louis here and you're about to listen to episode 2, the return of the Premier League, retro shirts and key workers. Welcome to episode two of Two Dudes in a Pod. Louis, how you doing, mate? Doing very well, David. You okay? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad at all. I'd just like to thank anyone that's actually come back and listened to episode two. Um, this is a real new venture for us, so it's exciting to, to know that people might be on board and, and hopefully enjoying it. Um, particularly looking forward to this one because this is the first one where we can really sink our teeth into a specific topic. Yes. Uh, Louis, do you want to tell everyone what we're going to discuss in today's episode? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's quite um, sort of on topic, I guess. We're going to be talking about the return of the Premier League. We're going to be oh, discussing. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be discussing retro football shirts uh, and also key workers. So yeah, I think it's all very current. So plenty to get oh, our teeth stuck into. I, I would I would say. Um, that before we get too far into that, mm. um, I don't know if you remember. Uh, I hope you will. At the end of episode one, I asked you a question. Yes, I do remember. And, uh, and, and, and I have done some research. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, do you want to remind the listeners what the question was? Sure, yeah, good point. And if, in case we've got any new listeners as well. Uh, at the end of episode one, I asked Louis um, if he preferred daventry or dysentery. Yes, um, and as I just mentioned a minute ago, I have actually done some research on both. Um, okay. As you know, I'm quite a positive guy. So what what I've gone for is pros and cons to both. Okay. Um, you know, good good and bad. So let, let's go for it. So Daventry, obviously, market town in western Northamptonshire. I've got some pros. It's 75 miles from London via the M1. So good good access to London if you're looking to commute and work in the city. Although the M1 is a notoriously bad road. That's one of my cons, but you didn't... Oh, <laughs> great, great minds think alike, clearly. <laughs> My second pro is that its main industry is lights manufacturing, and obviously we all need light to yeah. do daily tasks and yeah. and those kind of things. So that's obviously a pro, um, and also it's got relatively low crime rate and high employment rate. So yeah, I guess that they're, both of those are, are what you want to hear if you're looking to move to Daventry. Absolutely. Um, cons: it's 75 miles from London via the M1, as you've mentioned already. That is. A, an atrocious bit of road <laughs> yeah. as far as yep. tarmac that that cars can travel down that is shite <laughs> <laughs> sure is um and also i did a little bit of research on kind of lifestyle in daventry and there's a pub called the saracen's head which is the local weatherspoons and it's got four out of five stars on TripAdvisor. so there's obvious room for improvement so yeah. that that's a con for me so yeah. Moving swiftly on to dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that this would ever come out of my mouth. Um, obviously, intestinal inflammation, primarily of the colon. I'll start with the pros because I'm a positive guy. <laughs> <laughs> it could inadvertently help with weight loss because it causes sickness and diarrhea. So inadvertently, okay. you could lose weight if you had dysentery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another pro is that mild cases often resolve themselves without any treatment, which is obviously a bonus. <laughs> but but I disclaimer: I would recommend seeing your GP yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah. if yeah. you think you've got yeah. um, symptoms. 
And okay, well, you probably wouldn't know. I mean, I'm sure not many people have self-diagnosed themselves with dysentery. No, this is true. You probably just yeah. think you've got upset tummy, but it's yeah. yeah. But let's move on to the cons. So obviously, yeah, yeah, stomach sorry. cramps, severe diarrhea, mm. and it can be fatal. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, you know, that sort of speaks for itself. So if it gets to sure. that, if it gets to that stage, you're quite literally up shit creek with a paddle. <laughs> I've got to say, Louis, at this point, I can't tell which way you're leaning. Well, it's it's been a tough, tough one actually. Like, like I said, I've gone, I've gone in on this. I've had to do my research, and I think on this occasion, David, I'm going to go with Daventry. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I'm not into the whole. You know, this shit can be fatal. That's that. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going to kill me, I'm out. I do you know what I have done a <laughs> terrible, terrible thing. Uh, I had fresh chilies in my dinner tonight and I was uh, chopping them up and I've not you just itched your eyes. my hands and I've rubbed my eyes and they're starting to sting now. Would you rather have itchy eyes or dysentery? <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what though, it's not as bad as about a fortnight ago, which is I did the same thing uh, and didn't wash my hands probably before going for a piss. Um, and I was uncomfortable for the oh. majority of the evening. Uh, Oh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, moving on. Should we from move that. on? Yeah, yeah let's, let's 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 dig into the the main topic, which is exciting thing for you and me both. Yeah, uh, the return of the Premier League, seventeenth of June. Very exciting. It's yeah. I was listening to a podcast, a fantasy league um, podcast that I listened to, and it was saying something crazy like it's been a hundred plus days since the last you know Premier League match. So. Um, ob- obviously in our lifetime that's you know I don't think we've ever gone that long e- you know even pre-season and that kind of thing I don't think we've ever gone that long without football do you um, know whoever though has has done the the, the rescheduling uh, of these matches uh, I don't know if I think we told told the listeners who we support respectively uh, no, I'm an Arsenal fan um, and obviously, the first game back is Man City Arsenal, or second game, but it's on the first day. It's a fairly easy game to start. Seventeenth, seventeenth yeah, <laughs> of June, uh, and that's that's mine and my other half's anniversary. Ooh. So I've obviously done something terrible in a past life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so watching that's off the cards. Then I should imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of have my phone, you know. Yeah. To be so, honest, though, you, you probably don't want to watch that because no, <laughs> City no, are going to probably come out all guns blazing. That is true. Uh, so, who's your first game back? Good point. Let me have a look. I've got all the fixtures up here. Um, so, United are playing Tottenham on, on the Friday next week. Yeah. So, fr- that's Friday the 19th. So, that'll be Jose Mourinho returning or us going to his. Well, obviously, you know how I feel. I'm very <laughs> much backing your boys to win that. Um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Uh, uh, the big thing... Behind closed doors is obviously the right decision, yeah, absolutely. Uh, given the, the the current global situation. Um, have you watched any behind closed doors matches yet? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Bundesliga has been back for a little while now. Um, sure. Yeah. So I watched a couple of games there. Obviously, it goes without saying that it, it lacks that atmosphere that you you know. And I think we're probably going to talk about this, you know, in terms of playing crowd noise into stadiums and that kind of thing. But you just can't beat that atmosphere that that a crowd brings to a game sure um obviously it, teams playing at home often refer to the crowd as like the you know the, the extra player the extra man yeah. uh, because it can really lift them if they're you know if they need that extra push but 
um, yeah, it's definitely going to lack atmosphere. But I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's hard to know. The games I've seen so far have all been behind closed doors. Now, when I watched a couple of the Bundesliga uh, matches, it didn't really worry me. It was just mm. nice to be watching football again. However, I have seen some highlights of an Arsenal friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was having that connection to the team. It was weird. It was yeah. a lot weirder for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I must admit, I think some of the broadcasters, are, I don't know if it's decided, but are toying with the idea of fake fan noise. And I, I think I'm for it. Okay. To be honest. What are you, what's your reasons for, for that decision? I don't know. It's just to make it feel like more an event and less of an exhibition or a training match. Mm. Um, well, I guess Man City probably already did that anyway because they can't get no fans. <laughs> they can't get no fans in that stadium. <laughs> did you know if you uh, type in uh, what is it? I've forgotten now. Let me do some research. But I think it's uh, Etihad Pin Drop. <laughs> no, hang on then. Uh, how, how do you how do you hang on while I look for this mm. you tell me how you feel about uh, what crowd noise crowd noise yeah yeah I mean I, I totally understand what you what you're saying it makes it kind of more of an event but it's it's just not it's not accurate is it there's no fans in the stadium um, so it would kind of in, in my eyes it would kind of make it kind of like wrestling where it's all make-believe you know <laughs> playing fan noise into the stadium okay um it is weird i watched uh, a man united game in the europa league behind closed doors just before kind yes. of kind of football went off and it was weird Garlu scored some great goals in that game didn't he fantastic he scored an absolute yeah. screamer um yeah but it was it was weird because it was the first time that i think i actually kind of heard players communicating on the pitch which was really odd to hear yeah um, obviously if you go to games like you've been to games and, and you know we've both been to games if you're close enough to the pitch you can hear players talking to each other but when yeah. I was watching now it was really yeah it was quite weird to hear them communicating as, as they were but yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not sure about the fan noise if I'm being honest sure I, I just think it, it sort of makes a makes it a little bit of a, a joke <laughs> if that makes sense I, yeah well yeah I, c- I can see your point but I mean I'm assuming we're going to have normal commentary yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, like, I'd like there was in the Bundesliga on BT Sport. But again, that's weird, isn't it? Because often t- times common commentators re- react with the crowd. Yeah. Um, you know, if a, if a team's attacking and the, the crowd are getting behind the team, the commentator will often lift their tone of voice to kind of match that. Um, you know, match what the crowd are doing. So it's sure, it's, it's, sure. it's got to be sure. strange for commentators. That's that's for sure. <laughs> I, I'll tell you who I think is going to have a much easier time. Referees, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're not going to get pressured by the crowd, are they? Exactly that. So, and obviously, we, you know, VAR is still, you know, how's that going to pan out? These really controversial decisions, and you're in a stadium where you can hear a pin drop. That's going to be quite weird, isn't it? <laughs> I feel with VAR again. Will there be? I mean, I don't really know how it works mm. too well, but will there be? Um, as much pressure for the referees to, to to check on their decisions without without the fans mm. 
adding that pressure, you know, as they yeah, as they do. Because I guess one of the main gripes, especially if you're in the stadium, is the, is the time that it takes for the ref to make the decision. Mm. And obviously, if there's no fans there, in in theory, the ref should be able to kind of take their time to make the right decision. Yeah. So it might be the first time that we actually see a, a referee in the Premier League sort of go to the screen that's at the side of the pitch to actually look at what's going on. I feel that that isn't utilised enough. Well, it hasn't. As far as I'm aware, I've not seen a Premier League referee use that screen at all. Because um, yeah. I think the emphasis is is on making the decision as quick as possible. And obviously, that little time it takes for them to go across to the screen, check it several times, just adds to that time. I guess so. And But I mean, I feel like the guys at, what's it called? Stop, Stop, Stockley Park. Park, yeah. I feel like they're no quicker. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know your views on it, but I guess the decisions that I've seen that have been made based off of VAR, there's still incorrect decisions being made. Yeah. And this was meant to Absolutely. eradicate that. So it's, you know, it's all down to interpretation and each referee may see something differently. Each person, person in Stockley Park might see something differently. It's all open to interpretation. It's not like tennis where you've got Hawkeye that literally sees where the ball, if the ball lands in or out. It's like sort of goal line technology. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that obviously works. That you know that kind of sends the message to the referee if the ball's gone over the line and and that works. But I think with VAR, it's still open to interpretation. Another question I've got mm. um, for you on this is, I mean, I'm a relatively regular attendee myself to Emirates. Uh, I don't go to the away games. Um, I mean, my other half's quite understanding, but I think if I started going. <laughs> Every home and away game, as much as, <laughs> as much as my bank account taking a hammer in, I just I, I don't think you should be overly pleased about that. Well, your bank but, account um, and your emotions taking a hammer in. <laughs> emotions. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, how do you think, sort of, say for example, season ticket holders? Uh, because I'm not a season ticket holder. Mm. How do you think they're going to feel about the fact that you know they might not have a Sky Sports subscription? Yeah. Well, I, I mean that that is a very valid point because obviously if you're investing in a season ticket with you know based on the fact that you're probably going to go to every home game you're probably not going to invest in Sky Sports or BT Sport because you're watching it live yeah so yeah it's strange I mean I I don't know I'm not a season ticket holder so I don't know if the, if clubs have negotiated any kind of partial refund I, I don't know mm. um, I guess that would be on a club by club basis but I, I, th- I think they are I think they are issuing refunds so mm. it's not so much that but it's more of the sense that they would have been at these games. They yeah. they would have they would have seen the games. I feel like perhaps maybe the team should have had a bit more power to show their games, and people who are season ticket holder would get a code to access it for free. Yeah, yeah, that that could make sense. Yeah, that, that's something that I would have perhaps mm. looked at doing. What here's a question for you actually. In, in terms of season ticket holders, obviously most clubs have a kind of ranking system, sort of higher, yes. you know, higher tiered um, season ticket holders. Do you think it would work if they perhaps allowed a certain amount of fans in, but obviously spaced them out, Spread, spaced them out based on their level of season ticket, or do you think that just <sighs> opens a can of worms for all fans to start uproar? Because I mean, then my it, gut instinct tells me that's probably how they're going to start reintroducing it. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, you know, it, it will. I mean, I guess most most Premier League clubs probably 
go some way to fill in their grounds. I would, I would sure. have thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my gut tells me that they will do limited crowds to start with. Yeah, yeah. But I think it won't have a good reaction. Mm. I think it, that could be quite um, divisive. Can it? It could like divide. You know the the kind of guys that are maybe have higher tiered season tickets against the people that maybe. Uh, you know kind of in, in lesser tier I guess it could create that divide between supporters which obviously clubs aren't really going to look look for that kind of that atmosphere in, in their grounds I guess are they yeah but yeah I mean that, that was something that crossed my mind as well perhaps they might like like you said introduce a certain amount of fans in at a time but I guess that that remains to be seen doesn't it With obviously the fact that it's just been announced that it's coming back is the starting point and Sure. We go from there. I mean, I guess the main fans that would probably feel feel let down by the the sort of situation behind closed doors is Liverpool fans, <laughs> because you know they've wait, yeah. waited so long to possibly win a title, and and now they're probably not going to even be able to see their team do it live. And I mean, surely they're not going to. They can't do an open top bus parade either, because it, that will just yeah exactly encourage the crowds. Yeah. So it's. Um, yeah, obviously they'll have all the joy of of their team winning a title after so many years, but it will kind of be bittersweet because they won't really be able to celebrate and enjoy the moment with the team, I guess. Yeah, but very true. Lucky, lucky we're not Liverpool fans, though. No, very <laughs> good point. They haven't won a Premiership yet, have they, Lou? Have Premier they? League. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, I mean, they seem to be as best as they can adhering to all the government guidelines mm. like every player and member of staff who's present has been tested yeah anyone who's who tests positive then has to isolate for 14 days so they're still following those guidelines um to the letter but i, I don't know i mean i know i know football is entertainment so mm. i know it is by no means essential if the government has said absolutely no football's not coming back we just have to deal with it because it is what it is it's yeah. entertainment but i feel I do feel like, particularly in the media, there's so much scrutiny about it coming back mm. uh, when there's other industries which we, as a society, f- for me, I feel like we've talked ourselves into believing they're essential when they're not. Sure. Um, do you have like examples of those kind of... like? Do you have examples of those? Yeah. Uh, for example, perhaps some some sort of online retailer mm. um, that can provide uh, Blu-rays and computer games and sure, yeah. <laughs> all delivered next day. Yeah. Um, and some people argue it, it is essential. Um, mm. I'm sure the person at the top is very pleased to be considered essential. Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's just an online retailer. Yeah. You know, the, the world would still revolve without on, online retailers. Yeah. You know? I guess going going back onto the to the football front as well. I mean, obviously Premier League's coming back, but you've got League One and League Two have been cancelled, so yeah. it, that sort of opens up the question. And I mean, it's obviously we know it's it, it's it's glaringly obvious that the Premier League brings in more money, and and I think that's kind of what it boils down to. They need to continue the season to you know to meet their. TV rights, you know, make sure everyone's covered on that on that front. I think there's just too much money in the Premier League for it not not to go ahead. Yeah, basically, 
I mean, that, that's my view on it. I know that's a very kind of bog-standard opinion, but I think that that is what it is. There's so how much, much money how much? How much has it been financially hit with the behind-closed doors, though? Would, would you hazard a guess? Well, I mean, obviously that's going to have a big sort of financial implications on, on the clubs. You know, not having people coming through the stadium, spending money on merchandise, food, drinks, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um but I guess the TV companies, so Sky, BT, Amazon, you know, I think they'll all still they'll still make well, they'll probably make more money because you'll probably get more people now subscribing to these services to watch games. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be more of a financial loss for the clubs. TV companies will be fine. In fact, I think yeah. they'll probably be better than ever, really. Well, they've. This is part of why the Premier League was so keen to return, wasn't it? Because um, the the amount of money in, invested with the the broadcasters, what they'd have to pay back in. Yeah, it said. I think I'm, I'm sure. Fines I, or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I read read an article somewhere that any games that aren't played, that it's it's the club's responsibility to pay the TV broadcaster the loss that they would sort of inherit from that game being missed. It's uh, mad, isn't it? I, I don't know if that's accurate. That That is some, an article that I read. I can't remember where I saw it, but I remember seeing that and thinking, when I saw that, I was like, there's no way they're going to cancel the season. Because if that yeah. if that's the case, then you know clubs are just going to have to do it. But sure. yeah, I mean, League One, League Two's cancelled. I mean, I know we don't follow it as much, but since I moved to Peterborough, I have been watching... And I've been to a few people United games, um, and I'm actually a, f- a member of some kind of local groups um, related to the club. And I know there's been a lot of emotions around that because Peterborough are kind of hovering around a promotion spot, and they're looking to get back to the Championship. And obviously, that's that dream's gone now. Um, so yeah, it's it's weird. Obviously, there's not enough money in it, so that's why I I feel that they can just kind of cancel those two two leagues without much fault really the EFL but so so why is it that Peterborough have missed out on that playoff spot well because as, as far as I'm aware they're, they're only promoting Coventry who are top um, and I think the, the team that's second place which I, which I can't remember now but um, th- there's going to be no playoffs I, well I think there's four teams that will be playing playoffs but typically there's more teams in, th- in playoff spots think I read that there is going to be playoffs. But it's only, so you in League One, yeah? Yeah, but I think it's only the the teams that are third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and I think Peterborough just below that. So, oh, I see. Okay. So in in effect, it would be two semi-finals, two playoff semi-finals, and then a final. So, right. So okay. you know, just to condense it, I guess, so there won't be as many teams in the playoffs. I should have uh, should have done my research first. I thought I knew what was going on with yeah. that, but uh, uh, see, so, so yeah, I mean that's you know obviously the fans are very emotional about about that the local fans here in Peterborough, but it's of course what can you do? I guess safety of players and, and fans is paramount at the moment. So yeah, once things are confirmed, if if the season can start as usual next year, then you know we just go again. I guess. But that's really good. You should, yeah. you should. I know we spoke about it before, but you should come to a Peterborough United game. Absolutely. No, I'm up for, I, I love going. To, for me, you can't beat going yeah. to see it live. Definitely. Um, I went with the 
another a colleague of mine, ex colleague of, mm. of Louis, as he um, doesn't work at the same company anymore. Uh, he's a Fulham supporter, and I went to Craven Cottage with him, and it was that was a nice stadium actually. It was a nice, like, yeah, a proper old school stadium. See, I've got to be honest. For me, the Emirates, obviously, it's Arsenal. It's my team, but for me, these these modern kind of bowl stadiums don't compare to yeah. the old um, like. This style stadiums like Highbury. Did you go to to Highbury? Pre- you went when you were yeah. quite young, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two or three I've, times I've actually been to Highbury as well. I, I saw Man United versus Arsenal at Highbury. That that was a great stadium. I really like that. Yeah, it's just you you can feel the history when you're in yeah. these places. It's like um, you've, you've been to Old Trafford now as well, haven't you? Yeah, been to Old Trafford. Yeah, just loved it. As yeah. soon as you kind of approach the stadium, like walking in, you just like you say, you just feel the history. Yeah. And all these legends that have come through the club, but it's it's hard to kind of establish that when you're in a new stadium, I guess, isn't it? But you know, there's there's plenty. It's now the opportunity for Arsenal to write their own history again, isn't it? In in the Emirates. So, the one weird thing for me about Old Trafford uh, was the lack of TV screens. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? You think like you, how you would have thought that they'd find somewhere, yeah, to put one. It's, I think they've crammed so many seats into that stadium. <laughs> It's like where do you shoehole the screen yeah. in? <laughs> yeah, unless but it is weird. It's like when the goal goes in and you think, "All oh, right, yeah, let's mm. let's quickly see that back once you finish celebrating." Yeah, like, oh, oh, you can't. <laughs> I wonder why clubs don't. Um, you know, in like uh, NBA and NHL, they have the the screens in the middle, like above the center of the the court or the ice rink. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I wonder why football clubs don't adopt that. I don't know. It's strange. I guess because they're they're open top, aren't they? But Sure. You could and have that big cupboard, couldn't you? They do put sort of um, sort of running cables in for their for their overhead cameras, I don't they? True. Yeah, there's a lot. So of you'd imagine they could put something in. Um, no, nah, too much effort in it to put to put those in for just match day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It <laughs> seems a lot of TV effort. Screens. <laughs> yeah, no, I forget. We that. might as well sit, sit at home and watch. Moving on. Yeah, <laughs> sit at, sit at home, watch it on TV. <laughs> um. What, so, what was yeah, our next? As what, we were saying, it's. It's, it's entertainment. It's 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 not key work. It's not essential. Uh, are you happy with the timing of it? Do you think it's purely about money, or do you, do you think that you know that we are at a stage where it's it's safety has been considered as well? Well, like like you said, they have obviously considered the safety. They've tested all the players. You know, everyone involved in the clubs have been tested and that kind of thing. So they are, like you said, they're adhering to the government guidance. But there's still a part of me that thinks it's pro- probably too soon, like on a right. on a scientific level. Um, but obviously, cash is king, and I, and I think that they they need to they need to see out this season to meet their financial sure. requirements, I guess. Uh, and probably to try and have as minimal impact on next season as possible. I yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's going to have a it's a big ripple effect, isn't it? You know this virus is going to ripple out and it's going to roll into next season and uh, and possibly see you know subsequent seasons after that but it's strange because you know I was talking about kind of fantasy football and that sort of thing I don't I don't know who's fit I don't know who's going to be playing in games a team's going to be resting players um you know teams that don't really have anything to play for are they just going to send all their kids out and play it's who knows we'll find out <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to it. It should be. I think you're going to see some interesting results. Definitely. I, I think we'll we'll probably end the podcast with our predictions on results. Does that sound yeah. sound good to you? 
Yeah, the first game is Norwich, I think. Uh, yeah, I've got the fixtures here. So on Wednesday, is it Wednesday the 17th? Aston Villa, Sheffield and Man City, okay. Arsenal. So, Aston Villa, Sheffield Man but City, there's, Arsenal. But there's like, I mean, talk about not having football and then having all of it at once. It's like every day there seems to be a game. <laughs> Yeah. We've got Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then, and then they're you know they're going to just be coming thick and fast, aren't they? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like the next week, Thursday. Yeah, it, it, I mean it's going to be like a dream come true, really, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, lucky, <laughs> lucky we're all stuck at home, really. Isn't it? We ain't got anything, <laughs> anything better to do than to watch football. <laughs> um, just quickly, uh, mm. should we have a quick chat about retro shirts? Because I'm a big, big fan mm. of retro shirts, and in particular, quite. Lately, I've been thinking about because um, I I kind of grew up watching sort of nineties football. That was when mm. I really started getting into football, and I've got a real fondness for the the old goalkeeper jerseys. Yeah, goalkeepers. Uh, that was a good period for for goalkeeping jerseys, wasn't it? It was just like... oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there's one that really stands out for me, and it's the it's the England mm. Euro '96 David Seaman jer- David Seaman's <laughs> yeah. jersey that the yellow green yeah. and ah. Oh, it's, Love it. it's the sort of jersey that, in today's world, it wouldn't be misplaced in a hipster's wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, do you know what I mean? True. Like you've probably got hipsters like on googling David Seaman jersey, <laughs> you know, just to add it to their collection. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, that's not. If you try, I've looked. It's not cheap. Like gold dust. To try and buy yeah. one, and they're quite rare to get hold of as well. I guess aren't they? But they're expensive. Mm. Yeah. But there is a there is a rare. Um, retro football shirt shop. Mm. Uh, online, uh, I think they've got a physical store as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've just been going down nostalgia road. So on that theme, mm. uh, are there any shirts that perhaps haunt you a bit, like remind you of a, a team who were a particular bugbear? Well, I actually came up with a kind of little theme for this. Um, I, I think I ran it past you, but the theme was free shirts: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. So on that kind of premise, you pick a shirt that brings good memories, mm-hmm. a shirt that perhaps brings bad memories, and one that is just plain ugly <laughs> that you wouldn't sure. you, that you wouldn't be seen dead in. So, I mean, I, I can start on this if you if you prefer me to start. But uh, you, yeah, go for it. So let, let, let's let's go. Take it in turns to do sure. good, good. Take it in turns to do bad. Take it in turns to do ugly. Uh, so you go first. Hit me with your good. So my good, it's probably clear. Man United fan, treble winning season, the Umbro kit. It was all red. It had the big Larry collar. Um, it just brings back so many good memories. I mean, I was I was fairly young then because obviously ninety nine. I would have only been about sort of eight or nine, but yeah. I vividly remember that kit. And one thing that I really like about those kits is how baggy they are. It looks like the players are drowning in them, but I think that's kind of, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Like every kit now is kind of ergonomically designed to hug the player's body and make them aerodynamic. Back then it was just like, just throw on. Was that the one that had the big kind of like white thick stitching down like the shoulder and it had all like the Umbro? Yeah, it, it was sponsored, it? Sp- Umbro sponsored by Sharp on the front. Sharp. Mm. Um, and also the, the club emblem it was sort of in a shield as well it was it was okay. it wasn't just the logo so it, everything about that kit was just like the shield it's like we're going to go to battle it was like <laughs> you know so it, yeah. it just brings back you know when i think of that kit i think of 
obviously Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now the manager scoring that last minute winner against Bayern Munich was just yeah I think of Teddy Sheringham Dwight York David Beckham Giggs all those immense players and what what a period of time you know at, at, for the club um, you know we haven't seen many <laughs> many good times in, in recent years but yeah that that's definitely that's my my good my that's my good, my first yeah. one yeah it's a good one to pick absolutely what's yours <laughs> I feel like we might have um, overlapping ones at some point here <laughs> uh, quite likely um, so my good is obviously the A three O four season <laughs> with the with the big A two yeah um, obvious reasons yeah. Arsenal Invincibles um, and I know I know some people listening particularly if they're you know not Arsenal fans to say the least are going to be going oh bloody draw merchants you drew 12 games that season <laughs> yes I know we drew 12 games but we didn't lose any yeah well, not, in the, not in that competition anyway to, to go that many games even this amazing Liverpool team now mm. which has walked this Premier League they still couldn't quite get to the finish line without a loss. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it just goes to show it's not an easy achievement. It's not at all. The people that play it down, yeah. fine, you can do that, but I will never, that will never take the shine off it for me. Well, you normally find the people that play it down are either Tottenham fans or people that perhaps, you know, just, just can't give people credit where credit's due. Yeah. Um, I think as a, as a football fan, you know, no matter what team you support, you've got to understand that, that no one's done it ever since. No, you know, in the, in no. the Premier League, I, I feel like it will happen at some point. Yeah, I do. I do think it will happen at some point. Mm. But I'm glad that you know it still hasn't happened all yeah. these years on. So I mean, that for me, it is. I think it is tough, it's especially now. Obviously, you know, I guess back then, obviously Arsenal were invincible, dominant. There were still good teams in the league, but I think now the the strength in depth across the whole league. You know, I, I remember watching United play, and you could look at the fixture list coming out at the end, at the start of the season, and you could literally go, "Yep, yeah, we'll win that, win that, might draw that." You know, but now yeah. now it's like we could lose to any of these teams. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, I feel exactly the same. You know, Burnley can turn us over one nil because they just defend as deep as they can and catch you on the break. It, yeah, and there's plenty of teams like that. You've got teams like Sheffield this season. You know, she Chris Wilder has absolutely drilled that team, and they are playing some great football. Yeah, and I I love watching his interviews as well because you can just tell like he's, I think he can put his arm around a player and and sort of give give people a bit of love when they need to. But he's just he's hardcore. It's like if you mess up, yeah. he won't mince his words. He will just he, he is old school, isn't he? I mean, that's the way yeah. it is, and the team play that way. You know they're just working as a as a team. You think the the players that they've got, they've not got, you know, household names so to speak. But as a team, sure, they just they work as a unit, and it's it, that that's been one of the highlights as a football fan of the season watching watching Sheffield United. I, I would say it's it's funny for me to see how obviously Norwich finished top in the championship when they were promoted. Yeah, and I thought Sheffield. I mean, I didn't really watch much of the championship, so I thought, oh well. Norwich will probably do quite well. Yeah, Sheffield uh, probably not quite as well, and yeah. Villa will probably struggle because they they were the last one up to make it through to the playoffs. Yeah, you sort uh, of base it on the limited knowledge that you have, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Sheffield have just they've they've done a Wolves. They've come in and they've absolutely taken everyone by surprise. Mm, absolutely, 
I mean, um, thinking back to season just gone, obviously Fulham came up. We've, yeah. And like you said, we've got a, fan, a friend of ours that's a, a Fulham fan and, you know, obviously it's, he was very excited when they came up. But when they came up, obviously they invested a lot of money. Um, yeah, and 100 million, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, in, in that region, probably possibly more. Um, but I think we've already spoke about this. That can go either way. You know, if you spend yeah. that amount of money and you're bringing in 10, 11 players, you know, that's it, it takes them time to gel and... But I think what Sheffield have done, they've basically kept the nucleus of the team that they came up with and have just added in places, you know, spent their money wisely. And, yeah. you know, it, it's their league position doesn't lie. You know, they've sure. they've done absolutely fantastic since they come up. So props to Chris Wilder and the boys. Should we move on to the bad? Yes. <laughs> what, Let's move wait, on to the wait, bad. Wait, what was your good? It was the O2 Invincible O2, season, wasn't it? Yeah, O2, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but in particular... The yellow, you know, the away kit. Okay, yeah. Because when I when I think of that kit, I think of that game against United and Martin Keown jumping all over uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy. Yeah, uh, and that like when even now when I see that picture, it just I, I I don't know as an Arsenal fan how that makes you feel, but it's just like oh dude, like yeah, I, you can't be I doing didn't that. Like it. I didn't like it. Even at the time, I was kind of like you know when you you know when you sit there and you sort of. You're half smiling, half grimacing, and then you think, "Wow, this is my team, so this is I support them." But I'm not sure about that. Whether that was the smartest thing to do. Mm. Yeah, so that, that um, that's my bad, um, purely because yeah, I just I didn't like the way he conducted himself on that day, and obviously the fact that you guys went invincible at the time, I was just like, maybe as a, as a fan was a bit jealous. Looking back on it now, I can appreciate the fact that it was an amazing achievement, but at the time, you're just like. Oh, I wish that was my team, you know. But going uh, just before you tell me you're bad, one thing that yeah. obviously vanished away the player in question. Um, I was watching the program the other day, and obviously I knew he was a great player, and I knew he scored a lot of goals for United. But they actually said he he scored 150 goals in 219 appearances for United. That's a lot of goals, like per that is per a lot game. Of goals. You know, he, yeah. he was only there um, for a short while, but he, he made it count. <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, what's what's your bad? So my bad. You have to forgive me. I can't remember the year. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm pretty pretty certain it was in the nineties, late nineties. Um, and it was it was a United kit. Funnily enough, <laughs> it was an away one. Mm. And I think it was like a like an sort of off white. Yep. With with the black stripe through the middle with the sharp sharp view cam going. Uh, and the reason it's because of one particular moment and it's your treble winning year yeah um and it's we should have won the fa cup semi-final we should have held you to just the double mm. but then ryan Giggs had that moment where he literally wrote himself into folklore didn't it? the whole length of the, of the wing yeah smashed it past semen and then took that took that shirt off and devast- revealed that hairy chest <laughs> That, I, could, oh, I bet that's I hairy, chest. That hairy chest in my, my nightmare. <laughs> that just haunts you. Um, that that I was the most distraught I've ever felt mm. watching football. Was that moment? It's, it's, I knew we was going to have some overlapping kits here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just the na- na- the nature of the beast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, God, we're going to show our age a little bit. Me, me especially, but for me, 
those were the best years of football. Even when we weren't winning and mm. it was you guys, at least we had that yeah. great rivalry and it was like, who's it going to be this year? Well, I just, I don't think, is well, I know there's obviously teams that rather in each other now, sort of Liverpool, Man City, you know, they're sort of always fighting for it now. But back then there was just characters in the game as well. You, you know, when you look at the fixture list and you see Arsenal United and you think, oh, Patrick Vieira versus Roy Keane. You know, like the, them two going for each other in the tunnel and stuff. It doesn't seem to be. All the players are friends now, aren't they? They're all messaging yeah. each other on TikTok and Instagram and and they're all like, you know, meeting up for lunch at the weekend or during the week. And it, you just don't seem to have that kind of... That is true. Didn't they all play Fortnite with each other as well? That's yeah. Crazy yeah, like that's that. what I mean. They're all, they're all friends, which, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. Um, yeah. But you just—I don't think you have those kind of rivalries like Roy Keane Vieira like that. That was just that—that <laughs> that was a midfield battle, wasn't it? Yeah, like it, those two. it was. Yeah, just seeing them two up against each other, it was like, yeah. I think there's actually a, a thing that you can find on YouTube where them two actually talk about playing against each other. Um, okay. And I've probably seen it. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I, I can't for the life of me think what it is, but if I can remember, I will pop it in the show notes because it's definitely if you're an Arsenal or United fan it's definitely worth a watch because they're two legends of the of the game aren't they I'll tell you what we should do we should pop a photo of each of the kits so people can see what we're talking about we'll pop it on uh, our social media on our social media so people can mm. have a little look which um, I think that the one the ones that people are probably going to want to see are the, are the ugly which I think brings us on to the next one absolutely uh, so obviously I want you to answer first mm. but when it comes around to my turn it hasn't just got to be Arsenal United. I can no, pick any, pick any, any shirt. I like. Yeah, mine, okay. mine's mine's not not related to Arsenal United. So let me Go let on. me just find it because I did have it loaded up. Um, I'll see if I can screen share it with you. Um, yeah, let me. So I'm just going to screen share this with David. I know this isn't very uh, beneficial on a podcast, but you just have to bear with us. So let's share a window. <laughs> You ready for this? Yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but. Oh wow! So this is we'll, again. We'll put it on our socials, but this is Huddersfield Town's kit from the '93 season, um, and it's just awful. <laughs> Honestly, it's just every colour you can imagine. Um, in, in fact someone's actually commented on it here saying it looks like a mop shortly after cleaning up in an explosion at a paint factory <laughs> which I think just sums it up brilliant, brilliantly yeah yeah, I can see um, you can't even make up the sponsor I, they must have been livid yeah I know it's, it's, it's just wrong on so many different levels imagine the players like pre-season seeing this and having to have why is that brand as well Vileda that's a cleaning brand isn't it so maybe they are using no, it no no that's the sponsor the brand. oh sorry the brand oh, yeah I can't I, again mainly because of the, the sort of colour and the pattern on it I can't make it out um, yeah that is that is ugly I'll give you that and that was not just the goalkeeper jersey that was the outfield yeah well like I said I just run this into Google because I said I just thought there's, there's got to be ones that are just going to catch my eye but it says, pity the poor Huddersfield fans after the 1991 monstrosity, because I think they had a really bad year. Less than two years later, they were faced with this in the club shop. <laughs> it looks like a mop shortly after cleaning up an explosion at a paint factory. <laughs> that, so, is, that is awful. So, yeah, that, that, that's my one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, again, we'll, we'll put it on the social so you can see it. But hopefully if I press this button, I should be back in the room with you. 
I think I think we should get people to vote as well. Yeah. Which they think is the most ugly. Yeah. Two options we've put, and then also, feel free to tell us your most. Yeah. Tell us your your good kits, your bad kits, and yes, and the ugly ones. Ugly yeah. That's that's a good idea. People should get in touch with us. Okay. Are you ready for mine? Let's do it. I've gone a little bit off piece. <laughs> that's all right. We we like that. We like that. Um. How do I share my screen? So if really? you sort of hover your mouse at the bottom of the screen, it, yeah. it should oh, say present, present now, now yeah. and then I think it says a window, and it will just share the window that you're looking at. Uh, can you see that? Not just yet. Wait, I can I can see me if you click to the other other tab. Ah. Uh, <laughs> this one oh you see that yeah yeah i know this is current this is this is fairly current really current yeah. this is stevenage fc um and it's i mean both are atrocious but particularly the home kit uh it's it's like it's like sunderland's kit if on a bad day with them and their sponsor is Burger King, just a massive Burger King. I mean, that, in the of it. I, I've never understood this. Like, you, you've got like pro athletes being sponsored by fast food and, and beer companies. It, it just doesn't, something about it just doesn't sit right with me. It's like two opposites, like juxtaposing themselves. Such a weird thing, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, I suppose, I mean, what are they linked to, Stevenage? Yeah, well. Uh, I don't, are they battling to stay up I think yeah but I, I, I don't know the current situation with the league being cancelled I don't know how they are in the table I think they might actually be relegated well I think there's something to do with Macclesfield yes point deductions yes and if they get that could save Stevenage if, if Macclesfield <laughs> yeah. gets points I mean that's not a position you want to be in is it no of course not but I mean I think if you're a club in that kind of position if Burger King's willing to put a bit of money on you to, towards your share, you're going to take it, aren't you? I think that's where they'd be going for the Christmas do this year, wouldn't they? If they, <laughs> if they get relegated, they'd just all be sitting in Burger King. <laughs> in their kits. There's a Burger King near the opposite. Yeah. There's Steven in ground. There is. It wouldn't be, it'd be a mere yeah. jaunt across the road. <laughs> They'll all be there kitting up. the season. Yeah, exactly. Like, sort of boots down, lads. Come on. The thing is, if they Let's went, go get a double whopper. If, if they went there in their kits, people would probably think they work there. So they'd be like, "Oh, mate, large whopper, please." It's like, mate, I play, I play midfield for Stevenage. Oh, I thought you worked here. Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, that would be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, okay. that kit is terrible. That poor is, Stevenage fans. That, are. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think that pretty much brings us to the end. Mm. Um, I think we need to go score predictions. Yeah, so the opening day. So let's have a look. I, I mean, I loaded the. I've got the the fixtures loaded up here. So I guess what I, do you want me to read them out and you you give your score, I give my score, and we just work through them that way. Well, well let's do the first day. Let's let's do that and Friday because United are on Friday. Yeah. Okay. So let's do let's do Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, that's good. So Wednesday we've got. Aston Villa and Sheffield United, who we've already spoke so highly about. The two promoted yeah. clubs. Well, I'm going to go 1-0 Sheffield. Yeah, I, th I think that's a good shout. I think Villa are struggling for goals at the minute. Obviously, Sheffield working as a unit. Yeah, I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say 2-0 Sheffield. 2-0, okay. Because they've okay. also got Man United's Dean Henderson in goal on loan at the moment. So he's an absolute unit between the, between the sticks. <laughs> yeah, he's looking pretty good, yeah. actually. I have to give you that. 
So then later that evening, we've got Man City versus Arsenal at the Etihad, from what I can see here. Yeah. I've got to go 3-1 City. You, you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be 3-1 City. I think it's going to be a tough game back. Uh, it's, it's in the last three or so years, I can't remember them not putting at least three past mm. us. Um, we are better under Arteta. Mm. Uh, the defence still needs a lot of work. Um, and, you know, when you've got, like I said, David Silva, Aguero, De Bruyne, mm-hmm. just just, just going to tear us apart, I think, as yeah. they normally do. I think as well with with City, obviously, they're, you know, they're too far behind now. I think we can all agree that, that they're not going to challenge for the title. But I think, I just think it's Pep's mentality to still have a, a point to prove. If he's gonna yeah. if he's gonna go down, he's gonna go down swinging at least. Absolutely. So yeah. I think you know you're gonna see all the big names. I think they've got Laporte back in defence. I think you're gonna see Aguero. I think you're gonna see you know KDB in midfield. And yeah, it's gonna be difficult. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four one City. Four one City. Fine. Yeah. yeah. So then on on Friday we've got Norwich City versus Southampton at Carrow Road. You go first this time. Yeah, so I think just before, obviously, the virus hit and the league ended, I think Southampton, they had that immense defeat to Leicester, didn't they? 9-0 or whatever it was, you know, earlier in the season. And it was just like, get the manager out, blah, blah, blah. To his credit, he turned it round. And they they put in a, a few shifts and got a few points on the ball. Danny Ings started scoring goals, which I think was monumental started to them. scoring some great goals as well. He was scoring a goal every game. That's why yeah. I put him in my fantasy team. <laughs> But um, that being said, I'm going to go Southampton 2-1. 2-1? Two one. Two one. Yeah, 2-1 Southampton. I just think Nor- Norwich can't put, put any any damage on them at the minute. I agree. I, but I'm going to go 3-1 Southampton. I think Southampton are looking good. Danny Ings hat trick. Yeah, we're looking good. <laughs> Danny Ings found some form. I mean, this is the thing. We are basing it off of the form yeah. before this all happened. Things are going to change, but all we can go by is what we've seen. Yeah. Um, and I think... Southampton will come come back as they left off. Yeah, yeah. 3-1 Southampton. And then later on Friday evening, Tottenham versus Man United at the... What do they call their ground? Is it, do they call it White Hart Lane or the London State? What, what is it they call it now? Uh, no. The Tottenham Hotspur what, Stadium or something, isn't it? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm going to go 9-0 United. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm going to cross everything. I'm going to be like a pretzel. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I think you're going to win. Mm. I I can't, I mean, obviously, I'm always going to be biased. Yeah. I can't see that there's been a marked improvement under Marino personally mm. at Tottenham. Um, and I think uh, Solskjaer's United have been inconsistent, but you tend to do better against the, the top teams. Yeah. Th- and you let yourselves down against the teams that I would imagine you'd see off. Yeah. I've, so, yeah, I'm, you- I'm going to go 2-1 two, two, United. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To be honest, what you were saying there, I think that our Achilles heel this year has been our performance against the lesser teams. Mm. Um, def- definitely, like you said, we, we tend to kind of switch it. I don't know if whether it's the atmosphere, but we tend to switch it on against the, like you say, the the bigger teams, the top six. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think that when the lockdown came, we had just started to hit a bit of form. We bought Bruno Fernandes in, in January. Yeah, um, he looks great. He, he looked fantastic, commanding the midfield raising the games of the other players around him. Um, and then, you know, we've got players like Pogba. Um, I'm seeing them in training together. They seem to have a little bit of a, 
not not a rivalry, but they you know they're trying to work against each other. So maybe maybe he's going to bring the best out in Pogba if he can get some games. I've got to say, I I really rate Pogba as a player, mm. but I think he's a bit poisonous personally. Yeah, I, from what I from what I've conceded, what you see in the media. Yeah, yeah, like like you say, it's from what you see in the media is you, you can kind of read from that what you will, but I do agree. I think he has a very poor attitude. immense talent, immense talent, but I think his attitude at times can really let him down, and I, and I think he's a yeah. big influence on players around him. Um, you know, so that that is like you said, it's a detrimental. It can be poisonous in the dressing room. I'm talking too much about United. My prediction: um, the defense is stronger, but we're still leaking goals. Two one to uh, to United. I'm going to say so. Same as your yeah. prediction. Yeah. Cool. Well, we shall see. Fingers crossed. What now? I want to ask you one last question mm. uh, before we go. If you staying on the football theme mm. if you could pick one player from a different team in the Premier League current player to put in United who would it be and why Kevin De Bruyne yeah. from Man City D- ditto yeah. KDB yeah. It, that guy I, I I just can't remember anyone in kind of recent years that can pick a pass like that guy yeah I think his distribution's unreal yeah I think he can turn an average striker into a world class striker just with his distribution yeah. I, yeah. I'm not I'm obviously not saying you know Aguero and Jesus and all those guys I mean they're world class strikers anyway um, but if you're getting that kind of distribution I mean that guy can put it right on your on your toe and all you got to do, yeah. all you got to do is just tap it in yeah um, yeah I, I think Kevin De Bruyne for me yeah same and for all the same reasons yeah um, we're so similar it's, um, it's unreal <laughs> this, this podcast is really going to shed some light on the similarities in, in our in our lives oh. isn't it? but it isn't the last question that's going to be on today's no? episode okay because I've got a question for you David okay <laughs> you, this is unexpected so you asked me a question on the last pod yeah so I'm going to ask you a question I think this could be a little bit of a running theme maybe we could rotate on oh, each right. episode Sure. Well, I won't answer it then, much like you. Yeah, exactly. I'll save it for next time. For the next time, the cliffhanger. Yeah, go on. Let's, let's so, have your question. my question to you, David. Would Would you rather have a mild case of scurvy <laughs> or visit Skegness? Oh, that is a great question. Mild, a mild case of scurvy. Mild, because if it's severe, then it's you know it, yeah. it it's, it's kind of unbalanced, yeah. but. So only mild. Okay. I mean, you wouldn't want scurvy full stop, but I'll let you do your research, no. obviously. And we'll, yeah, of course. And we'll, yeah, I need to do my research. I can't, I mean, A, hopefully it will entice people to come back to hear my answers, hopefully. Uh, but, but B, it needs research. It does. I need to really think about this. So yeah, sure. It does. It's, Listen, let's leave it there. Let's do it. Uh, for this week or this fortnight. Um, <laughs> we've we've really rattled on and covered a lot of stuff. Yep. But yeah, it's been great. been great chatting to you, mate. And, Likewise. Um, very much looking forward to the next one i'll catch you then mate we'll uh like i say if you guys uh, want to kind of stay in touch with what we're up to um you can find us on twitter and instagram it's at two dudes in a pod that's the number two dudes in a pod and if you've got any questions or topics you'd like us to cover you can email us at two dudes in a pod at gmail.com so yeah please do or even questions you just want us to answer it doesn't have to be a topic for the whole show uh we'd love to hear them. well maybe listeners can ask questions that we respond to at the uh, start of each episode oh, take the yeah, pressure off us one. a little bit 
We can yeah. we can both answer. See how similar we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good, maybe that could be every third episode. Yes, every, and then we go back to yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds. That cool, sounds I like good. that idea. All right, dude. Right, I'll leave um, you to it. Thanks everyone for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Bye.